ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between. Welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name's Jake, and I'm joined in the Zoom studio by Sambo and Johnny. How are you, chaps? Good, good. Excited to be di digging into some AFLW content. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's here. We've all got the hoodie memo, clearly. We've all rocked up in a hoodie. <laughs> Jake, right. Jake's repping <laughs> an NFL team, I think, mm -hmm. judging by the little logo. I reckon that's Patriots. the uh, England pitch. That's nice. Mm -hmm. What do you got on, John? You you repping anything or are you just brand name today? Uh, I've tank. got the Skyrim. <laughs> Skyrim. Oh, he's, he's rocking a, a gaming, uh, nice. <laughs> gaming franchise. Sal, can Very I big. guess yours, Sam? Can I guess yours? Yes. Yeah, sure. you, you know the color of this one. You know what yeah. it is. Yeah, I know. It's got to be Midoriya from My Hero yeah. Academia. Nice. Yes. There he is. For all the, oh, for all the audio, audio listeners to just imagine a, something on my t-shirt. There it is. It's a nice, oh it's a nice green. It's an unusual color for me. It's it's not mm. my usual pick, but uh, I like the I like the the, the character design on it too much. So if there wasn't a character design on the shirt. It's still still a nice green hoodie. Well, thank you, John. Thank you. It would, oh, it would probably it probably be more your color. Bring out your eyes. Absolutely. That's what I was thinking. I green, green is very favourable for all us lads with the ginger beard, I think. You know, it's a bit of that sort of, you know, poison ivy connection, a bit of green and red. Um, I, generally, I generally think so. I think generally think a, a warmer tone is more my colour. Something in the reds okay. and burgundies is generally Interesting. my... It's um, also those the, the bluey green eyes as well. I was going to say, yeah, I've got... I've got got brown eyes so maybe that's something to do with that. maybe the red brings that People up i don't know you'll have to get into my, my sexual proclivities <laughs> you'll have to get into my hero academia john so you can then buy one oh, of yeah. these hoodies and justify wearing it or be one of those people that wears it and goes yeah i love it it's great but i used to just... wear a rob zombie t-shirt that i got bought for me like the and i <laughs> I got so many, I've never had so many compliments on a t-shirt and people wow. just feel like they had this bond with me instantly. Like they knew, and I just couldn't, I could never bear to tell them that I was, it was a present and it was a comfortable <laughs> shirt and I want to wear it because it had been bought for me, but I really don't know Rob, Rob's on me from a bar or so really. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, yeah, cool. Me, yeah. Rock off on, the, man. Off the top boys. I'll give you each like 30 to 60 seconds because I put a tweet out on, on Twitter as you do. You don't put a tweet out on Instagram. Um, you can try. You can try. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just basically asking the, the the chat's crew, what have you been watching? What have you been, you know, engaging your eyeballs in content-wise outside of footy? We know, John, you've been on House of Dragon, uh, House of the Dragon. Yes. Uh, Sambo the episode. Went and saw Dragon Ball Super Superhero, the film. Um, so yes. just quickly, uh, John, you first. Thirty seconds. How's House of Dragon? Are you enjoying? Uh, House of Dragon is good. I am enjoying. It's it's dragging me back into the Game of Thrones. Dragging him. Well, dragging him. Yeah, dragging me back in. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's good. It's got the it feels good. It's got the right vibes. It's very brutal, very violent, but I, I think it's going to be a good series. And hopefully, it, they continue on the way they have started off. Nice, Sam. 30, Excellent. 60 seconds. Dragon Ball Super superhero. The film. 
How was I it? Highly recommend. Highly recommend for any fans. I wouldn't go and see this one as you're just like, oh, I'll dip my toe in this universe because it's very, very, very heavy on lore and references. You know, very nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Um, so all of that stuff, I greatly appreciated as someone that's just re- only recently watched all of it. It was all very fresh to me. So I feel like I got just about everything that was in there. Uh, super fun. Uh, yeah, just a great movie for a fan of anime and Dragon Ball. Uh, that's a second, the second dragon content. Jake, can you make this a, can you make this a trio? Can you make, can you go for the hat trick? What dragon related thing have you been watching? Three-headed dragon. No, I can, because I was watching the cartel dragon bodies across the warehouse floor in Ozark. Um, gone back to the start of, uh, (laughs) season one of Ozark to start again, because I checked out after season two, not checked out because I wasn't enjoying it, but checked out because... I needed a breather. There's a lot of bodies being melted in barrels and um, intense things going on in Ozark. So I'm going back because I want to finish it all now. But to finish the journey, I felt I had to uh, go back and retrace my steps. So that was my dragon for you. Um, it, it definitely something that when we start the Chaps Only fans, um, we, we do need to do a Chaps chat, you know, other things. I think it'd be oh, good to do I an episode. You're talking about OnlyFans. I thought you were talking about some kind of dragon cosplay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get into That's right. That's right. Into today's episode, um, chaps. We're going to do... Uh, it's our first real bite at the AFLW Apple here because we've got much to get into. We've got our AFLW Stonks episode... Uh, or segment, which is something we do before the season. We're going to tell you which players to buy stonks in in 2022. Okay, so we're going to head down to the chaps trading floor uh, and tell you who to invest in this year. Then we're going to get into sort of a match slash season preview. We've got no idea what the Tigers are really going to look like. We don't even necessarily know what the Cats are going to look like coming out week one. Um, you know, but we'll give you a preview of how we think the Cats might line up and what we would like to see in game one of the AFLW season based on the news and bits and pieces we've been getting out of their training camp and having watched them the last two seasons. Uh, so first off, before I throw to you guys and get into the stonks floor, we just want to do some quick breaking news. Um, because this came across the Chaps News Desk just before we started recording, and that is that the Cats have added Melissa Bragg, great name, uh, Braggadocious, (laughs) signing of... Now, she was with the VFLW team last season, um, a former netballer, with the Victorian Fury, the Collingwood Magpies in 2018. And Melissa Bragg joins the Cats AFLW list. Just started down back last year in the VFLW, made a transition up forward, played some in the ruck, had a player of the match performance. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but snagged four goals in that game playing up forward. So clearly a player who has thrived in the professional sporting environment um and and helps just add more experience and and, you know dynamism to this cats list 
some of the things that sort of come out a lot um, is about her level of competitiveness, um, character and attitude. That Those were sort of the quotes from uh, Geelong's uh, Brett Johnson, general manager of the women's football. I was trying to find his name in this article on Cats Women's, which was written by Carla Montfort. Uh, so good addition, I think, for the Cats. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, absolutely. Uh, and and good, I guess gives good, good bragging rights for the cats. No. Oh, 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 that joke won't come back. Sure. Um, great joke there, John. <laughs> great joke. Um, sure, it's not. All right, so that, that was just to get you across that news, cats fans. Um, so, without any further ado, let's get down to the the trading floor. I think this is where we need to be to discuss the stonks. Um, so what's going to happen is we're going to take it in turns um, to give some stonk predictions. I think, Sam, you'll probably... I think we'll lead off with you this year. Why You're gonna, what, what did I do? No, nothing. <laughs> I just, I'm just going to go to you. That's we're at the we're okay. we're, we're this, pitching. Uh, this... You go. I was just going to say this sound effect needs more people snorting cocaine. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, John's John's on the foley here. Um, so Sam, yes, what we're doing for the viewer today, we need you to sell a stonk. We want your very best stonk, Sam. We want you to go in and find value. This is a crazy town, okay? The stonk market is a crazy business. And we at the Chaps are the very best. You've come to Chaps Stonks, and we're going to give you the goods. So, Sam, I'll let you lead off here. You take lead here. Um, Chaps Stonks reminds me of Sharky's Loans from uh, <laughs> Monopoly, yeah. or was that uh, the game of life? Anyway, it's, look, you said find value, Jake. It's, you don't have to look very hard in this team. Absolutely mm. Bursting open with, with with value and talent in this squad. Uh, my first one is a little bit of an. I think I think it's a no-brainer. I, I think it's. A, <laughs> I think it's. A, yeah, it's ringing off the hook here. Jesus Christ, where are the interns? This um, is good. It's it's. <laughs> this is this is one that I think is a no-brainer. I know that my first pick is is Rebecca Webster. Um, because I think she's just gone from strength to strength every single year. We've not seen a downturn in her performance, even from game to game. I feel like she, she just keeps getting better. Uh, and that's what you want. You know, you can't predict the future in the stonks game. You just got to look at the past and see the trends and the trends with Rebecca Webster is just increasing talent and value added every single match. She's been, she's been added to the leadership group. She was my tip for future future captain. As we've discussed, she's been added to the lead, leadership group. So that's tick one in that box. She's on her path to, to fulfilling my uh, my pick. Um, and look, I just I think she's an absolute gun. I think her innate aggression and read of the football she she came she came to it with. She had that inbuilt, um, but the way she's improved her her sort of. Um, technical ability and her game awareness of beyond her the scope of her own game bringing her teammates in supporting them talking communicating lifting people up when they're down leading by example future captain for sure and i just don't see any way that you could lose money buying stonks in rebecca webster this year any questions 
Um, uh, I go John, you far away. You basically covered everything, and bunch of us then agree. But Ex excellent. Can't see any downturn, and if she does have a, you know, season health like last year, then there's no. Yeah, I think that'd be fantastic. I don't. Yeah, as you said, I can't see her having a bad year. It's either going to be similar to last year or better. Absolutely. Um, now, are we, are we moving on to someone else for their to their first pick? We go through the first picks first. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll rotate around. Um, I, I just, I, like, the comment on Becky Webster would be, I'm there with you, Sam. Like, this is like, you know, gold-plated. This is like double, triple-A stonkage. Like, if you don't yes. buy now, it's going to be too late. Yeah, really, really, Sam. You're you're the the ferry is leaving the dock. You're holding out a rope for people to jump on because you were on this stonk last Absolutely. season when the getting was by good. This, by this time next year, you you won't get any any return on it because everyone's going to know how much of a superstar she is. So now's the time to jump on these stonks. This is I would call last year probably the latter half of last year was her breakout, but I think this is going to be the one where she really solidifies that. Get on now, oh. folks. Get on to um, oh. the Becky Webster oh, stonks. Uh, I'll go next and then Johnny. That's how we'll run, I think. I'll break it up. I'll be between you guys. All right. So I'm going to go from a stonk that, as we said, get on now or you'll, you'll miss out to a stonk that is like, this is new value. Okay. This is new value. Brooke Plummer, drafted just mm. this year, a defender, a, a wing player. She's got diversity in where she can play. Drafted out of the Northern Knights. This is a player we spoke to. We had some inside information on this one, um, speaking with Peter Williams uh, from Rookie Me Central uh, a few weeks ago, a few months ago now. Exciting player. Like a meters gained player. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> this is a, a, like a, the description on Rookie Me Central is a player capable of generating enormous drive on the outside with her willingness to run and carry, boot the ball long. That's how she's described on Rookie Me Central. You could already see, and I only watched bits and pieces of the preseason game that the Cats played, but you could already see she was getting in great positions to get the footy. I, I think she's going to establish herself really quickly. And if not this year, then next, you're going to see massive returns on your Brook Plummer stonks. So get in now. Don't wait until it's too late. Don't wait for the Brook Plummer Express to leave the fucking station on you. Go and invest your stonk dollars right now. Any questions? No, no, I'm sold. Absolutely, as you said, we had the uh, we had the expert opinion, the expert assurance um, on, on the kind of player she was and what she was going to bring to the side. So uh, now you've only solidified what I what, how I already felt about it. Um, so yeah, no, well done. 
Well I'm well, well, well done to carry carry through. Sound like you got a bit emotional there or yeah, something. I uh, do. Sometimes something. you get a bit. Sam, the thing is, we're not just playing with monopoly money here. This is people's no. lives. This is their futures. We're asking for not... people's hard-earned money to invest in these stonks. So it's it's personal for me when it comes to stonks. Absolutely. John, over to you. Give us your first stonkage. My first stonkage, I think, is a. A um, similar one to Sam, a pretty, a pretty, pretty obvious choice by <laughs> by now, and that is Chloe Shear. Oh, I love and it. Sheer value. Sheer. <laughs> I can't see anything else but sheer value. She had a poor, like, not the best start to a year, but as each game went on, she just kept getting better and better and better. Similar as Becky Webster. I can just see her getting even better this year. Um, she's you know, there's possibly she's going to be moved into the midfield so she can get even more time on the ball with her big um, boots to send the ball flying inside 50 to get some goals from outside 50. Yeah, it's going to be a beast, a beast in the midfield. It could be like the Patrick Dangerfield for the women's team. You know, get in there, get the hard ball, hash it forward, kick running goals. There, Chloe Shear, I reckon she's a must-buy. Get your stonks in there. I think she's going to have an explosive year. And, and do you see Shear playing more in that midfield, Johnny? Like, you think she's going to be playing sort of further into the midfield area and being the one to deliver the ball inside 50? Like, we're going to see her play less inside the forward 50 this year? I reckon so. I wouldn't be surprised if she sort of plays the half forward midfield role, playing on like the um, half, playing around there, getting inside the midfield as well, and yeah, being that person to deliver it inside 50. She's got a pretty, pretty good kick, very good kick, and she can pass it really well. She can obviously kick goals, and yeah, I just, I just can't see anything but upside from. Uh, potentially move by the cats and Chloe. Absolutely agree. Um, yeah, I think she had demonstrated so much last year in terms of her skill and class, toughness, all that sort of stuff, playmaking ability. I think you're on to a winner there, Johnny, and a, and a bit like Becky Webster. Like People were excited about Shear last year. I think we were pretty excited. I don't know if she was on the Stonk show or not, but Buy the sheer stonk now before it runs out, before you miss out, before that value gets too high and you're caught behind. Um, let's go back to the top. Sambo. Plonk us down with a second stonk. Plonk, plonk us with a stonk. Yeah. Um, my my second pick is, I think, I think a slightly riskier one than, than Webster, but I think a very shrewd stonkage to, uh, to lay some cash down on. Uh, and that is uh, Rachel Monty Kearns, um, because I the, now the thing with Monty is that the the reason I think Monty is the stonk to buy now is because I think there was actually quite a bit of hype last year. Had you bought last year, you might not be seeing much of an, a, a return now because not because she was a disappointment, but she because she didn't necessarily reach the heights that we had the expectation of for some reason, which in hindsight were quite unrealistic. I think, <laughs> I think she did very, very, very well in her debut year and showed like a lot of promise, but I think 
what we're going to see this time is her pick up where she left off, right? Because towards the end of the last season, we saw, again, she brought that athletic, the the strength and the athleticism. She brought that to the table already. She had that. Um, and it was almost like she had too much of that. She was a little bit off the chain sometimes with the use of <laughs> with the use of her body. Gave away a free kick or seven, um, and I think that was sort of her um, one of her, her heels to climb was to get that sort of in in control. Really figure out the way the legal ways to use her strength and athleticism, and then also her game awareness, her, her just general understanding of the of the larger picture of the field, not just what she's contributing and and. My feeling is that she really improved on that towards the end of the, of the last season. And with a little, it hasn't been much of an off season, but with a bit of an off season, I think she will have improved even more. Now, I think she won't necessarily blow out the gates, a completely different player. But just judging by the improvement she had last year from game one to the end, I think we're going to see that again this this year. And by the end of, of, of this season, I think, again, you're going to be too late to get that real juicy return on your stomach. Because I think this is going to be the year where by the end of it, she's just a, a, a genuine, bona fide, best 22, locked in locked in the side, and just a real the kind of player that other teams will really start taking notice of. You know, at the moment, she's probably flying under the radar a little bit, but if she just gets her, her the, the synergy working with the other rest of the squad and her decision-making up a little bit, up, up to par the way she has the use of her body, um, I think she could be just one of those players that can just tear the game open with her with her speed and her dash and her aggression. So, buy stonks on Monty Kearns. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, she was one that I'd considered. Uh, I'm glad that you've covered Rachel Kearns, Rachel Monty Kearns, because, yeah, all the raw talent, competitiveness, all that sort of thing. And you saw, like, the skills start to be refined and the, the game awareness start to be refined by the end of the season. So, you know, like that a lot, like it a lot. I, have you got any thoughts on that one, Johnny, or will I launch into another stonk? No, I think launch into another stonk. Go for it. Awesome. Okay. So my second stonk is, um, who is it again? Claudia Gunjaka. Now, this is a stonk. I don't know. We may even have had Claudia as a stonk to buy last year. All right. Now, the stonk didn't necessarily take off. Okay. But all you fucking cowards who bailed on the Claudia Gunjaka stock stonks last year. What's a stonk, gonna... Jake? What's a stonk? What is, what is this? Word what is using? this subpar? No. The stonk <laughs> market for Claudia Gunjaka is look guys it's as exciting as it's ever been all right now we didn't get the growth in year one on this stonk that we thought we would get but baby all that means is that there's still value here at the table for all of you guys who missed out um in year one okay that's all it means you've you've got a second chance you've got you've got a second chance at redemption okay you've got a chance at redemption Claudia Gunjaka is going to have a more dedicated role this year, I think. Now, she's played all over the ground in her footy career, um, down back, up forward. I think she's even had some time, um, you know, th through the midfield. And we saw her sort of floated around a little bit. She did play a lot of time up forward, but between McWilliams and Shear, etc., 
there's there wasn't really a lot of opportunity. Well, with Maddie McMahon having stepped away from footy for a year for this season, Claudia Gunjaka, according to different reports, um, there was a great article by Sarah Black making the switch. Cats Dynamo takes on new role, which is talking about Claudia moving down the field to cover for Maddie McMahon. It's a new role, but it's the same promise we saw from Claudia coming in to the AFLW. So I say disregard that people got cold feet and ran away from the Claudia Gunjaka stonk market last season. The potential's still good. This is still fertile stonks ground. So, so buy now on the Claudia Gunjaka stonk market. That's my second one. Yeah, no, I, 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 I totally agree. I think she's a re still a really exciting prospect, um, a real strong, like a real strong player. And I feel like last year she got um, really good at the use of her body, really good in a contest. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to seeing all the changes coming for the cats, new positions, new ideas. It, it feels exciting. Exciting times to get the women's team. All right. Take us home on the stonk seg, Johnny. Who right. is your final stonk? Is another new player. Uh, one that we got off another team. Mm. I'm going with Shelly Scott. Previous Melbourne Demon player. Going into the Cats. And looking to play. Up in that board line. Um, had a look at the other stats and it looks like she used to be the um, uh, co-captain of the Melbourne mm. Demons while this was there. So she's got leadership capabilities. Mm. I'm saying that we're going to be missing with, uh, with um, Mick Williams. Maybe. Mm. So Scott comes in, good replacement, a good find. And can kick goals. I think she's kicked 49 goals so far for the Demons in since 2017. So she's got, she can kick goals. She can take marks. She's got, as I said, the leadership capabilities. And I think with Chloe Shear and her in the forward line, I think those two can link up really well. They're a dangerous combination. And why not? New player. We don't know much about her unless you really follow her in Melbourne Demons, which if you did, why are you on the chat, chat cats stonks? Because they've jumped to the side of the angels, John. Absolutely. But yeah, I think by by Shelly Scott, because I think she's going to do some good things for the cats this year. She could be another second player to kick 10 or more goals for the cats this year. So buy now. Buy why they're hot. But it might not be not that hot, they maybe on the lower end at the moment, but like mm, a bargain. It could be a bargain. It could be a bargain. Stonks that could jump in a couple of weeks. Absolutely agree, Johnny. She, she, so she's it. played Excited. 49 games, kicked 26 goals. But bear in mind, 20, uh, uh, 10 of those 26 goals came just last season. Um, so a player, a player who's in a lot of form and, and a lot of form, a lot of experience has played around winning teams. A bit like when we got... Um, Emonson last year from the Demons. And Emonson was sort of a little bit of an afterthought um, in terms of the value that she brought in as part of the trade that she was involved in, but turned into one of our 
most important players. I, I think I, I like this stonk advice, Johnny. Um, had over 10 disposals in every game except for two um, in 2021. Sorry, I was looking at the 2021 season. I was thinking that was last season. Quieter season last year. Well, why would but, you think that, Jake? Why, why would oh, you think exactly. 2021 was the know, season prior to 2022? <laughs> just because we're having a second fucking season. Um, anyway, point being, Johnny, I think you're on to a winner with Shelly Scott. Um, and, yeah, brings much-needed experience um, to this Cats team. And, you know, experience is one of those things that when you draft players... You can only grow experience over time. Whereas if you bring players in via trade or free agency, you can acquire ahead of time some ready-made experience. So I like it. Any thoughts before we close out on our stonks for 2022, chaps? No, I like all of these. I, like, I think we've I think we've we've made some people some some real money here with this with this advice. These picks, I love I love the picks, guys. And um, yeah, it's made me even more excited for this preview and also for this this coming game and season absolutely i've myself have already bought stonks in each of these people yes i've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on stonks in these people. all right let's um flick over then we'll leave we'll leave the stonks office now um, we needed a door closing sound there the, yeah where's the, the door close sound, sound effect um <laughs> johnny o o over under Six goals, six six and a half goals for Shelley Scott in twenty twenty two this season. Six and I'm a half. Say over. Say over. You're you're over as well, Sam. I'd say over right. as well. Yep. All right. I love it. John sold me. John sold me. Be Becky Webster over seventy tackles this season. Now I, I can't remember off the top of my head what she had last year. Um, I, I feel would like say it was over. in the sixties. Say over, over. That's it'd be a massive effort, I'll, but I, I think she can do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the you guys. So I'll go over. All right, I like it. I like it. All right, let's crack into then looking at the cats' first AFLW game of the season. Not their first AFLW game of twenty twenty two. As we said, this is the second season. Within the calendar year, they take on the Richmond Tigers at Cadinia Park on Ooh. Sunday at 4.10 p.m. That's according to their website. Um, not the greatest time, is it? Not the greatest time. Feels like a little bit of the graveyard shift, but then again, Let's not let's not be judgmental about things. Let's not get the season off on a negative no. footing. Um, doesn't matter where or when, does it, John? You just got to turn up, even if the game's played on Mars. You know, maybe it will be one day. It could I be played on Mars. Likely, likely. It's more than likely. It's a fucking guarantee. <laughs> Buy stonks in that. <laughs> Buy stonks in <laughs> Mars twenty twenty five. Uh, <laughs> hey, we've already got a Mars stadium down in Ballarat, so um, yeah, they can just they, relocate. They, they they missed a little bit, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it fell just short. Um, so what? As I said, it's sort of hard to judge here because we've we've not seen either of these two teams play meaningful football this season yet. Obviously, we watched the 
you know, a lot of the Cats, every game of the Cats the last two seasons, um, the, the Cats AFLW was what we started this podcast to cover. Um, and mm-hmm. it sort of grew from there. And we've seen massive growth for the Cats. Let's face it, it was pretty ordinary viewing in 2021. Pretty much flogged pillar to post most games, had a win in the last match of the year against the Suns, who were also pretty moribund. Um, 2022, you know, we saw growth change. There was a coaching change with Dan Lowther coming on board. There was a focus in the preseason of, you know, fitness, competitiveness. We're going to be hard to play against defensively. We're going to try and reduce those margins. And they really delivered on all of that. That That's something I think you can give a big tick to last season. They said they were going to be harder, fitter, fiercer, all that sort of thing. And they brought that. They smashed their previous year's tackle counts and pressure. They reduced their margins like an absurd amount. Uh, they had a couple of wins in there as well. So the talk this offseason, boys, has been about improving on the attacking side of the ball. That, you know, we're going to get the ball in more efficiently, more aggressively. What are you looking to see? Like, what do you want to see week one against the Tigers? Um, attack and a win. A win, obviously, would be fantastic. But just more of what we saw in part one of this year's first season. Um, you know, just improvement. Improvement from every season. Continue that attack, continue the uh, fast ball movement, a good attack, and just keep bringing that pressure. And I think if we can, first off, bring that pressure, then the rest will fall in place. And they show that they can do that throughout the season. And now it's just getting that system in place, the structure in place to, when they do apply that pressure, it all works really well. So, yeah, I just want to see more improvement like they did in this first season of 2022, and that will go a long way. Sambo? Yeah, I agree. Um, I guess I would just add the... Uh, it kind of leads into what John was talking about with with the attack. I'd like to see a bit more bit more of the cutthroat, a little bit more of the, you know, because as we saw, the, the team was pretty good at, you know, applying pressure and, and um, winning the ball back. But then once, uh, uh, and a lot of the times when we had it and we were going forward, it was, it was a little bit of a sense of like sort of kicking it in and hoping, you know, like there, there wasn't that, that backing each other up so much. The overlap, you know, in terms of the structure, the, you know, once you've, once you've disposed of the ball, your job's not yet done. I'd like to yeah. see some of that push, that just crashing waves into the forward 50, trying to get goals. They don't have to be pretty goals. They don't have to be, you know, perfect marks and set shots. Some just some scrappy goals, some more of those, you know, um, roaming off the back of a pack. Some, you know, some some crumbed goals, some fast hands in the forward fifty. Because I think we moved it quite well out of the back end of our midfield and and, and onwards. Um, but then it always ground to a little bit of a halt once we got it up up front. Um, so I, I think I'd like to see that. I don't. I'd like to see less of that lofted in and and hope for a key forward to market. Um, you know, if we've got the the key forwards in form to do that, that's fine to do. But if you just keep doing that and not getting the results, it can be a little bit um, bewildering. So I think that's a specific thing that I'd like to see. It's just that real 
hunger and hunt for those goals once once the defense in the midfield has has sort of done their work yeah and as we said you know and we discussed this with the interview we had with nina morrison about the cats learning go on on listen yeah absolutely exactly about the cats needing to learn how to set the standards of the game for themselves you know Mm. it's not it's it's beyond a certain point in development it's not good enough just to play up to good opponents and down to to lesser opponents. You have to set a standard for yourself and reach it every game. And I think, you know, Nina, you know, not only acknowledged that, but said that it was that was a pretty big focus for them um, mm. coming out of, of last year. Who are you looking to this year? Obviously, we've done stonks, but just more generally, like who are the players do you think that are going to signify the change? you know, by, by their involvement or the way they play the game, you know, on Sunday and beyond? Who are those players you're looking to to be those those signifiers of progress? Signifiers of progress? Uh, mm. I'd say Annabelle Johnson, I think, would be a good one to keep an eye out. Becky Webster as mm. well. She's, you know, Becky Webster. Chloe Shear. Even uh, Morrison, I'd say. Morrison, yep. Monty. I think there's just a. I think, I think you just pick the whole team and go for all of them to play better than, or keep improving like they did in the first season of this year, and it's going to be good things only to come. So it's yeah. I don't think you can just pick out one or two players to say you know if these guys improve, the whole team's going to do really well. I think it's more more focuses on like the whole team will be improving a lot along the same level. Some will be a bit faster. Some will be, you know, not as moving as quick. But, yeah, I can't really pick a whole heap out and go, they're the ones that need to improve the most to get this key moving forward. I think it's just a, a good yeah. homogenous. Uh, but I, I, I think that Morrison would be one because I think not, not because she needs to improve, but because of how she will lead the charge. Um. Mm-hmm. I'm not, um, yeah, like in terms of, I think, I think the way she plays, the, the way she acquits herself both on the field and off the field as a, as, as a professional footballer, um, I think is a, is a great example. And I think her willingness to put her body on the line, even, you know, coming off, coming off the back of uh, some long rehab for injuries, she never looked afraid to apply herself in a really dominant way. And then beyond that, I think last year, after that point, you know, in, in the contest, once you won the ball, I think her disposal, um, her choices in disposal and then the efficiency of, of, of achieving that improved a lot. So I think, I think she's someone that I'd like the team to sort of model themselves around a little bit. Like, I think, I think there's, there's a lot of them, all the ones Johnny said, you know, Webster's another one, obviously Amy McDonald is sort of the, um, the figurehead (laughs) in a lot of ways, the, but I, I, I and uh, and so I think she, but she does things in a slightly different way. She's kind of the Tom, almost the Tom Stewart, you know, like she's the player that you, you want to have one of, and you're glad you have one of what Fort she brings to it. But I think if you could have a whole fleet of Nina Morrison's out there, people applying themselves to what the way she does, I think that's the best. I think the way we use the word you used, Jake, signifier. Like I think that Nina Morrison's the way she plays, I think, is the best signifier of how the cats should should be playing. As a squad, well, I thought, yeah, and, and it's like those little things, those little check marks you want to see, I guess. You know what I mean? Like last year, I thought it was the tackle numbers for players like Becky Webster. 
Like they mm. were really that was the proof in the preseason pudding kind of thing. Like this is hey, this is what we're trying to make. This is what we're trying to get to. We want to be a harder tackling team, and then you saw it reflected statistically. Um, at not only statistically, but with your eyeballs, the way they tackled, the amount of pressure that they brought. So for me, I'm going to say, you know, Chloe Shear, and, and in terms of her disposal. So here, 2019 for Adelaide, only two games out of the eight that she played, she didn't have double-digit disposals. The next year, it was only three games out of nine that she didn't have double-digit disposals. Last year, she had five games out of nine where she didn't have double-digit disposal. I think Chloe Shear getting back to having that 12, 13, 14, 15 touches is going to show that the Cats have rejigged things a little bit and that they're putting Chloe Shear in the best possible position to be damaging because that's where, if you look back where she's had success for Adelaide, it's been where she's getting a you know 10-plus touches a game and, and not just in the goals she kicks, but the opportunities she creates. Um, she's got a booming, booming kick on her. And, and, and like at Adelaide, 2019, she had uh, 48 disposals. Uh, sorry, she had 79 disposals that year. 48 of them were kicks, 31 handballs. So like getting to use her kick is going to be essential, in my opinion. Um, to allow her to be damaging, to allow the cats to be damaging. So that's going to be something I'm going to look for. How often are they trying to get that ball to Chloe Shear? How often is Amy McDonald winning the footy and giving one of her great hand passes out to Chloe Shear in some space uh, or with an opportunity to drive them forward inside 50? That, that's a big one for me that I'm going to be looking for. Love it. Um, do, do you, boy... Boys have anything else sort of wanting to see out of particular players or areas on the ground or anything like that? Um, yeah, um, sort of- no, I think I think I've mostly covered with my with my two stonks and then talking about uh, Morrison. I I totally agree on on Shia. Um, and I think we discussed it briefly last season about the sort of the the forward, like you know who was the key forward like to step up when we talked about her. But I did have the feeling then that her penetrating kick would be wasted as a, as, as the key forward, like she can kick, she can kick for goal, obviously, but you know, using her a little bit further back um, might be the best use, not, not necessarily even for her and her own numbers, but the best use of her for the team. Um, And um, post that she was actually in an interview where she said she really likes to play um, further, further down the ground, um, be able to use, be able to set up, be a bit more of a playmaker, pinch a goal here and there, but really um, use a hoofing kick to to set other people up. So I think it's a really good pick. I'm really excited to see how she how she transitions into this season and into this slightly altered role. Darcy Maloney, another one, boys, mm. yeah, who had a massive jump from 2021, where she averaged six and a half disposals per game um 2022 12 bit touch over 12 so almost doubled her disposal count um kicked a couple of nice goals including the winner against west coast um and then pre-season she snagged four in the first half so i'm interested to see if she you know can build again on what 
she did in 2022, that the jump she made from 21 to 22 was massive. So I'm really keen to see what Darcy Maloney can do this season. Yeah. Um, who else? I reckon Chantelle Emerson as well. See what she can do. She had a ripping first season. And I think she just does what she did last year again. It's going to be another brilliant season player. And you know, she's like like Meg McDonald. Just that when she plays well, the whole team seems to play really well as well. And she can be like that Thomas Stewart player that can set up plays from the back line, intercept, good tackle, great mark. Good one-on-one, everything she does, she just does to the next level. So I think, yeah, keep an eye on her as well because I think she can have another breakout season. Absolutely. And if you sort of look at her numbers and compare the last year's numbers to her previous best season, which was probably 2020, um, possibly, just look sort of looking back, twenty, yeah, either 2019 or 2020, um, yeah, like Emonson had returned to playing some of her best football. And it's going to be even more important with the absence of Maddie McMahon and with someone like Claudia Gunjaka coming back into that back line. Um, Emonson's leadership down there is even more important um, because you lose a lot in Maddie McMahon. I think McMahon had the most intercepts for Geelong last season. She'd really taken up that mantle from Megatron the week before, or the year before. So, yeah, I think there's lots to like. Uh, I think this t- team is still a building side. W- what do you think, chaps, without sort of having gone game by game, game and looked at it, you've got 10 matches. W- what do you think? If, if I set it at, at three and a half, is three and a half too low? Is that, is that too easy and over for you? I think they only won two um, games last year. What, what do you think? I think I think we can shoot for four. So yep. you're in the ballpark. My feeling was four, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking four, four as well. Uh, five would be a really outstanding year. Mm-hmm. Five and five, but, you know, four and four, four and six would be just as good. Yeah, I, I would say that three, three, three is a little bit of a, a bent, like a passing grade, I would say. It's hard to, hard to say because you'd, Depends how how you win those games and how you lose yeah. the, and how you lose your games. You know, if if they only win one, but they lost the rest within a kick or two, you're looking at it a little bit differently. But I I would say just as a general general looking at it, like to to bring it up to three would be a passing grade. So four would be I think a success. Yeah, uh, and yeah, five five would be beyond beyond my current expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think Obviously that's. After this first game, where they where they're at, but we'll from, have, certainly have uh, more of an idea. But from the outside looking in, it, it's definitely it feels like um, the end of last year going into the first season of this year. It's just that feel of excitement that there's good things happening. Improvements mm. just getting better. Like improvement is just going through the roof every single time they go out into the field. So, so yeah, there's. It just looks like there's upside everywhere, no, no real downside. So, and and the big thing with last year, although we didn't get uh, a lot of W's on the board, um, going back to setting the tone and setting the standard, um, 
I think one of the, the encouraging things from last year was so many of the win, the losses could have been wins. Like mm. it's really heartbreaking when you're watching it and in the moment, but to analyze it and look at it and go, we came so close. There was really only a couple of elements away. And the biggest one was that ability to put a game to rest when it's there, when it's, when it's there to be, to be, to be put in its place and take it and one was kind of where they couldn't quite get everything. Their systems broke down a little bit under that pressure. Their, their systems under the pressure of, of the opposition pushing was always held up really well. But yeah, their systems of like, quick, quick, let's get a goal. Like we can get another goal before the quarter. Like once that kind of energy came in, it sort of um, got a bit haphazard. So if, if there's improvement in that area, based on last year, there's no reason to think that we, you know, we couldn't be looking at a four or five win season. Look, um, but, but we'll see. Looking at the, um, the schedule too, um, cats go tigers, dockers, pies, kangaroos, saints, dogs, bombers, eagles, crows, and swans. So we get two of the expansion sides. Um, just a couple of notes on the sort of the fixture. I think that, Thursday, September 22nd against the Saints is a big revenge spot. I think they'll be really disappointed about losing that game last year. Johnny mm. uh, created yeah. a lot of chances um, late, piled on the pressure in the last quarter. I think it was like 18 to 9 off the top of my head. You were there at that game. It was terrible conditions. Um, a game you look back on and probably felt the Cats probably should have won. Um, you know, yeah, looking they... at how the game played out, they didn't really play their best footy. Um, but another, just another little note, Sam and Johnny and I talked about this pre-show a few weeks ago, October the 1st through to October 21st, the cats are away to the dogs at Mars stadium, away to the bombers at Reed Oval in Warrnambool. They're quote unquote home at Icon Park in Melbourne against the Eagles, which I think is a double header. So we're actually playing a home game up in Melbourne. And then we're at Norwood Oval in South Australia to play the Crows. So it's four game, a four-game strength, a stretch, a month-long stretch away from Cadinia Park. Just four games this year for the Cats down at Cadinia Park out of the 10. So that makes it tough yeah, too. It can be it can be really tough, but the if you if you're depending on you know as as we've said the uh, you know these players have to juggle other stuff they've got they've got you know a lot of life commitments on top of this so I I can't even begin to imagine the kind of logistical nightmare that each of them has to go through to get to away <laughs> games all in a row let let alone the home games, um, but putting that aside if you can get all the elements in the in the right you know all your ducks in a row. Being on the road does have that sort of bonding advantage, I think, as a squad that's constantly traveling, you know, that us against them mentality of sort of having to go to the opposition. Like that can be, that can really be confronting. But once you do that, if you can get a on a roll of doing that back to back, I think it can have a really sort of solidifying effect on your squad. So that's, that is a positive I would take from it that, you know, I think in some ways it can be harder to go home game home game, away game, home game, away game, you know, and, and keep jumping into that hostile territory. But they're going to be, you know, hard, hardened warriors after a full month on the road at, at other other uh, team stadiums. So, um, yeah, I would take that positive out of it. I think, as I said, there's all kinds of real-world ramifications that I can't even imagine that what they're having to, to move around and shuffle with work and family and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, beyond that, I think there is... 
uh, a really positive sort of aspect to be taken as a as a as a group on the road for a long stretch. Yeah, definitely. And the, I think the one at Alicon Park that's meant to be a home game. Surely, yeah, there must be stuff happening at Gardenia Park, like with the construction that just can't use the footy the oval then. Surely, because if it's not the case that there's constructions that's going to hamper the goal line, goal the ground, then it's uh, if it's not that, then it's some ridiculous, stupid reason that the cats can't play a home get a game at the home ground. But as Sam said, it doesn't really matter. It's a good chance to bond as a group, get to know each other better, gel, harden up, and. As Major said many, many times, anywhere, anyone, they can win. So let's not look at it as a negative. Let's look at it as a positive, as Sam, as you have said, Sam. Absolutely. All right, chaps. I think that will just about do us here for this episode. We will be back in your sweet little ear holes on Monday night. We'll do a full recap episode of the AFLW oh, game. I know, two seasons simultaneously, yeah. one beginning as another reaches its peak. Um, and then later next week, we'll be back with, you know, a double or two preview shows, AFLW plus the AFL men's, um, as we head oh. towards a qualifying final against the Pies next Saturday afternoon. The Cats women's will be playing against Fremantle uh, also on that Saturday afternoon. So it'll be a double header for you. You can watch the Cats AFLW play at 1.40 p.m. at Fremantle Oval. And then you can transition straight from that into the AFL M to take for the Cats to take on the Pies at the MCG in a sold-out qualifying final. Oh, boy. Oh, so much Cats content. Anyway. Uh, uh, very exciting very exciting uh, make sure you go like subscribe follow us on twitter give us a five star rating on apple podcast spotify we really really appreciate you guys listening you absolute champions until next time go cats go, go cats, cats.